Hello and welcome to episode 7 of series 3 of the Right for Your Life podcast. And it's a new year and with a new year I like to have old people. Not old people age-wise but people that have been on the podcast many, many times before. It's not only not only a wonderful person but it's Mike Hurley. Hello. Of, uh, there he is, of the 70 Decibels Network himself. Hello Mike. Hello Mr. Broom. How are you? I was trying to think of funny name but I just went with your name. Well, Broom is quite a funny name. Yeah, I think that was probably why my brain was like, searching for a funny name, cannot beat Broom, go with Broom. Just sort of stuck with it. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I was called Bogbrush for about um, 18 months when I was, I don't know, less than 10 years old. Because they couldn't, I, said, I might have talked about this before, I don't know, I've got a bit of deja vu. But they couldn't, um, my mum called me, uh, named me Ian, as you know, mm-hmm. specifically because she it couldn't be shortened so my brother is called Craig and I'm called Ian and I don't know why she was so fixated on this but she just didn't want me to be called for example Stephen so people could call me Steve or Stee I, we, I could call you E well you could but uh, people didn't I mean it's a, it's a bit you're pushing it a bit I mean it's it's a bit of a silly thing to call someone just E because it's actually a letter I mean I'm not in the eels for example like uh, E is um, and um and so no one could give me a nickname. Everyone struggled to find a nickname for me. So uh, I don't know how it happened. Somebody called me Bogbrush one day, and it stuck. Mm. It's more syllables than Ian. You mean it's just quicker to call me Ian? Yeah, it's funny that. Funny how um, nicknames are. Like, I mean, I'm sure any any frequent listeners of, of the last season or of any of the other shows know that I, I do have a girlfriend, and I tend to talk about her quite a lot and her name in full is sammy furs and i i that's what i call her i i don't call her sammy i never have never will weird i call her by her full name only strange that isn't it it's fascinating it's pretty weird uh, i don't i don't i never i never call her just sammy or sam or anything like that mm. i'm a peculiar human being should we keep all this in the show no <laughs> <laughs> yes of course what are we talking about today? We're talking about writing setups, and the reason that we're talking about writing setups is because I'm starting a new series on the blog Write for Your Life version of called Writing Setups. And yesterday I posted the very first one, and it's my writing setup. Um, so I thought it would be something that we could talk about on the podcast as well, because it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, it's interesting the way that uh, people approach writing, or even just um, any creative pursuit. Everyone's kind of, they're effectively doing the same thing, and that's definitely true for writing. You are basically just tip-tapping into a keyboard. Um, but we all have a different way of doing it. We like to sit in different places, use different programs. We've got different different hardware. We've got different, um, I don't know, apps, that kind of thing. So um, people do seem to find this topic interesting. So I decided to um, that I would start uh, posting. I don't know how often yet. We'll see how many people submit their writing setups to me. But, you know, maybe weekly, maybe fortnightly is probably more realistic. Um, so I thought, that I, I thought that, that, that I would do that, and I thought we'd talk about it now. But the, the idea itself came from um, a website that I'm sure you're familiar with, Mike, called, just called The Setup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and that is not writing specific. It's kind of just creative types, and it's how they it's the different uh, different hardware and software that they use in order to do whatever it is that they do. So if if, if it's a photographer, then it'll be I guess what cameras they use and um, what post processing um, uh, apps they use, that kind of thing. 
So I wanted to do a similar sort of thing but make it specifically about writing and I chose five questions and they are the five questions that will be asked of every single person that submits or um, gives me their writing setup. And those questions are, who are you and what do you write? Where do you write? What hardware do you use? What software do you use? And what's your dream writing setup? So I'm not going to go through those again with you because it's on the website and we'll include uh, that information in, in the show notes. We'll, uh, you can, I can link to my own writing setup. It's terribly interesting. So to get started, Mike, I want to, I want to kind of know why people are fascinated with how other people work. What are your thoughts? I know this is a, this is a family show. But um, there is a word that that we that we'll probably use, and um, I don't think it's a bad word. But I think people kind of look at these sorts of things as if they are inherently slightly pornographic in a way. Would you Would you agree with that? I mean, that's people call it that, don't they? they? Call it desk porn and things like that. Yeah, that's true. And Tumblr has made an entire living out of blogs that just post desks, and um, and you know, there's hundreds of blogs that just post right. Well, I, I guess working environments. Jazzy computers, that type of thing, and I think that that's kind of part of it. People are curious about it. They want they they like to see what other things, what other people are doing, how they they go about making um, what they do. And, and there is something that is kind of um, a bit sort of um, voyeuristic in it, a little bit. I think for some people, because you can kind of see people you admire and the the environments that they work in. But also, I think there's an aspirational thing as well. I mean, I'm sure that many people listening to this show look at look at you, Ian, and like, oh, I want I want to to write a novel. I want to be as cool as the Broommeister General. And um, they they look at what what you've done there, and they think maybe if I can emulate Ian's setup, then I will uh, I will have. I will have the success that he's had and maybe that's what I need maybe I need to, to, to be able to have a setup like Ian so then I'm able to create what I want to create would you say that that's, that seems pretty fair that people think that way I think there were some very kind words in there Mike which I'd like to thank you for but I, I, I think that that is probably true you do always the grass is always greener you always want a bigger better desk you always want you always want some kind of fancy office you'd like a view of the sea with the horizon just coming up in the distance, and um, that's you know it's not really like that, and that's why that's kind of why I wanted to set the tone by doing my writing setup first, because the reality is that for me is that I've never really had um, a, a writing a kind of space, a, a room where I go just to write. It's always either been combined with another room, you know, the, the room is used for something else, or um, or it's or I've known that I'm going to be living in that property for a very sort of finite, not entirely large amount of time. So I, it's it's generally a myth, and that's the kind of it's I guess it's the the the, the productivity problem that we all have, isn't it? It's we mess around worrying about how we do things rather than actually doing them. Uh, well, that's it. Rather than actually doing them, it's something that I do. I mean, it's not it's I'm as guilty as anyone for messing around, looking at desks and and um, whether I'm going to buy a new computer or use a different app rather than actually getting down to do the work. So I think people are fascinated with these things, but the idea, as, the idea that they want to emulate people is true, but I, I'm, I, I would say in a lot of cases the actual reality is that the person that you want to emulate is just as chaotic or just as kind of um, less settled writing area as you do. How important do you think it is then to have 
um, an environment like that? Do you think that the importance is intrinsical to the way that people work? Um, I, I don't know. I've, I, I've written in my in this writing setup that I've written. I've, I've kind of said that it's a myth. So I've moved from property to property. I've had different types of desks. I've certainly had different computers. And, um, you know, I still managed to just, you know, <laughs> I was going to say just about finish an old, but I definitely did because, you know, I, I've seen a copy and read it. Um, so, I, you know, I got it done. But um, and so I don't think you, des- you don't need to have the perfect writing setup. You don't need to have you don't even need to have a desk. So I've written a lot of uh, words on kitchen tables and um, on my knees in front of uh, on the sofa, not necessarily in front of the TV with it actually on, but uh, cause that's quite tricky. I don't think you need to have a, a writing desk or writing setup, but I have to say, the older I get, the more I think, gosh, it would be nice to have just a space that I can call my own. I described it, uh, my ideal, in my dream setup, uh, that, the question that I answered, what would be my, my, uh, my dream setup? I said that I'm kind of desperate for a office, a combination of shared and office where I can just go to. It's got a few books in there that I've chosen specifically for a reason. And um, just a just a laptop, maybe some tea making facilities, and I'll be well away. Um, so I don't I don't know if it's essential, but I think it's probably it's probably better to <laughs> to have a, a permanent writing space. I mean, well, but, I mean, what, what? But what about you? I mean, I know it's a different pursuit, uh, podcasting, but I imagine you you're I imagine you to be a fairly fussy kind of person who likes to have everything right and and as you want it. Um, in a way, I mean, th- this is this is an interesting thing about me. I am a person who believes in chaotic tidiness. So, my if you if you looked at my environment, if you looked at this, I, I have quite a large desk that, that I use. You would look at it and think that it is an absolute mess because it is full. It is covered. There is there is it is covered with things, but everything has its own place. So where to to the untrained eye it will look like a mess. But to me, these are just the things that I want to have in arm's reach and they all have their own place on this desk. So if the things do not move. If they move, they are replaced and put back in that place. Um, and my, the environment that I record in is not really fantastic. I mean, I record in my bedroom. Like, I am one of those people. Um, and I have all of my equipment shoved into a relatively small room. Um, so in, in all honesty, this is not the best environment for me, and I, I envision something a lot nicer than this um, as my ideal environment. But this is the one that I've got. So I mean, I kind of I like to just as I say have things within arm's reach. So I have lots of things around me. I have lots of different pieces of technology, which scatter and litter the desk. Um, but it's I don't need to have the, the with, with what I do with the recording. I don't feel like I have to have the same level of focus um, as maybe somebody does with writing because I don't have to be 100% focused 100% of the time because I'm not always the one who is leading the discussion. I'm not always the one who is thinking of, of you know what's coming next and stuff like in this environment. But like with your, when you're writing, it's 100% you. There's not somebody else writing some of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th- I think so. So for me, I don't feel like I have to have that tranquil environment. Um, I just need whatever I am comfortable in to to do what I want to do. I think that's a fairly key word, actually, being comfortable. I think people spend a lot of time 
tidying the desk. It's the, the idea of desk porn. You never see, well, you very rarely see, anyway, a, a, a site that shows you lots of fantastic desks, and you very rarely see one that's um, covered in rubbish. Um, but but that's probably we how... Put, we can put a picture of my and in the show notes if you want. <laughs> of what, sorry? We can put a picture of my desk in the show notes if you'd like. I, I would love that. Um, I'm not going to do mine because it literally is covered in rubbish. There is uh, sort of you know wrappers and uh, Christmas stuff lying around. Um, but 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 it's the idea of if that's how you work, then that's fine. It's kind of if you've got stuff around you, then that's fine. Like it's the last sort of uh, few months. I've not written much fiction. We've been through this before: babies and pregnancies and stuff like that. There's not been a lot of time for fiction. But actually, so so actually, you would think that. Uh, that it would be, I guess, slightly tidier because I haven't got my notes everywhere and all that kind of thing. But actually, I tend to be much more organised when I'm writing fiction because I need to, like you just said, I need to have things to hand. If I want to know what... If I've got a post-it note somewhere that says what happens in a specific chapter, I need to have it to hand or on the wall next to me. So as long as you've got what you need around you at any given time, then you should be should be fine, really. It doesn't You don't need a super desk or, or even to be, you know, a, a place by the sea. It's just um, it's just a case of getting comfortable and getting on with it, I think. Which is perhaps the hardest thing, because I, I do think it is, a, it is a form of procrastination to obsess over over working setups. So why why on earth, for example, in that case, would I um, start a writing a writing setup series on the blog? Well, it's because I do think they can be useful. So uh, you you said to me uh, privately, Mike. Um, a number of things which I've, I'm trying to forget, but one of the things you did say was that um, that that you love this sort of stuff. You love reading about writing, or about or about setups, about uh, desks, and about how other basically about how other people do whatever it is that they do. Um, but so w- why is that? Why do you find it useful? You must there must be something more than it must be. It must be beyond porn. It must be something actually. There must be something beneficial in it. So I think that for me, the the good parts that come out of these discussions are, are when people start getting into detail. So, for example, in your in the piece that you've written and the questions that you're using, you ask people, for example, what software and what hardware they use. That's about the environment that they're in, what the tools that they use to get the work done. So, for example, if I if I am reading a a piece like this, a setup piece of somebody that um, I um, admire or somebody's work or somebody works in the same field as me, for example. I like to see what they use, the equipment that they use, because remember I was saying before about it being slightly aspirational. Yeah. So um, Dan Benjamin, who is the uh, the man behind the 5x5 podcasting network, he does something called the Podcasting Equipment Guide. And it's it's a little out of date now. I think the last one was in 2011. But in there, he talks about the equipment that he uses to generate the, his shows, like the audio equipment. My audio setup at the moment comes from this. So, I mean, because I I want to, 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 I aspire to create shows as good as his and to sound as good as his do. So I have decided that I was going to he bought and, and buy that and take his recommendations because as well one of the great things when you're looking at stuff like this so you you talk about apps in yours right so you've got um you, you talk about using uh, byword and reader and instapaper and tweetbot as, as some of the apps that you use so that gives you know that gives me an idea right so ian has done the work here he has tried out a bunch of things and this is the stuff that he's now using so you're saving me time and money because i can just use what you recommend 
Yeah, and that's that's basically why I read this stuff as well. I I, <laughs> I I wouldn't even know about these some of these apps that I use now if I hadn't have read um, other people uh, other people's blogs where they've done where they've effectively said this is kind of what I use and and um, and it's why I guess it's why people do write about those things because it means that we you're kind of sharing what's good. You're right. It's about someone else. It's about recommendation, isn't it? More than anything mm. else. I sent you um, the link in iChat if for, for um, Dan Benjamin's setup. If cool. you want to get that, I can also, if you'd like, while I've just d- destroyed your flow, I can send you um, a link to the image of my desk if you'd like to um, give your thoughts on that. I, d- I don't know if you have your iChat open. Well, let me see if I can find my iChat. Oh, I like this is new. <laughs> on messages. I like this on-air uh, searching for stuff. Somewhere. Um, I don't, it says that you're you're idle. Here it comes. Here it comes, everyone. Don't panic. So, I mean, the th- the apps that I the apps that I do use are are all entirely based on um, other people's recommendations. And now I, I guess I'm now recommending them to to others. But I think the, I guess but the potential problem with that is the if you're constantly looking for new apps or constantly reading about writing setups, then you're likely to end up sort of changing all the time, which is perhaps. For, for example, if Dan brings out another one next year, uh, another guide to podcasting equipment, are you are you instantly going to go and upgrade all your stuff and change it all? There, there could be a, a, a chance that I might want to do it. I hope that I won't, though, because it's a lot of money. <laughs> right. But it's, again, like, so there's things that are in that guide which he doesn't recommend anymore. Um, and I know that from hearing him and, and from having discussions with him in regards to some of this stuff. So things do change. I mean, people's opinions change. So with all of these things, like, even though you know, I've said it's about um, aspiration and emulation, you should kind of build on it. Like, you don't just take, oh, so this is this is exactly what you need to write a novel then. Well, just take it as like a starting ground and then you can move on from there. Well, absolutely, because I mean, I talk about Microsoft Word, and I think that the majority of people they still use Microsoft Word because the entire world, pretty much, still uses Microsoft Word, and um, and even if you've got a Mac like uh, like we have, um, but Did it's you- not it's there's nothing particularly wrong with that. I think that's the, I think that's the other thing. I mean, I, I like you. I love looking at this stuff. I do like reading what, about what other people use and I'm, I, I quite like that I'm recommending w- apps like Byword which we'll talk about a little more in a second I quite like all that kind of thing but at the same time if Microsoft Word is what you use to get things done then that's absolutely absolutely fine I mean it's, it, it's, a, it's just you know a keyboard and a screen is pretty much all you really need and um, so I have no problem with that I just think it's interesting to see what other people are doing if you can somehow I mean, particularly in terms of organisation, I mean, there really isn't much to to writing, really. You really are just, you know, it's just a a screen with words on. But it's when it comes to the organisation of something as long as a novel. Microsoft Word is a bit of a nightmare, so I use use Word for my entire novel, pretty much. And I I got just goodness knows how many documents. Some were... I mean, I, I did my best with version control, but it was a bit kind of touch and go in places. I'm sure that I ditched perfectly good chapters because I'd forgotten that they existed or put them in the wrong folder. And it was because I was just, you know, creating a new document for everyone. Whereas something like Scrivener uh, is perfect for getting rid of that uh, kind of worry because everything is in 
it's still in separate documents, but you have this Scrivener interface that keeps it all nice and tidy. So if I can, if someone's having an organisational problem, I would love it if they came to read uh, my writing setup, saw that I use Scrivener, and all of a sudden went away and found Scrivener, downloaded it, started using it, and that particular problem went away and it improved their writing. And I guess that's the idea, isn't it, uh, behind writing setups? Hopefully it's not just porn. It's about um, seeing how other people work and in some way improving the way that you do things. I think that's ultimately what it's about. Indeed. Did you did you find the image that I sent you? No, I'm not, but I managed to carry on talking for three minutes there without uh, actually uh, having your image to talk about. Where is it? Where on earth did you send this to? Well, I sent it to you in iChat. I've now sent it to you in Skype. Gosh. So I don't, know, I don't know what's happening with your... Maybe, you signed, maybe you're still signed in at work or something. No, no, I've got it. Here it is, everyone. Panic ye not. So what am I looking at? We're looking at Mike's desk. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's repulsive. It's terrible, isn't it? It's lots of things. Look at that! I'm just I'm, I'm having to twist my head slightly to the left to get. Oh dear! So it's covered in it's covered in stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I have a huge mixer which is just ridiculously sized. Um, I'd love to. It's difficult to show you the scale, but that is a huge, huge mixer, and I have my microphone. And then I have a TV on the right hand side, which is my computer monitor. And I have lots of collectible action figures because that's the kind of person that I am. I have. Two tablet devices, um, two mobile phones. <laughs> it's a it's a ridiculous setup, but that's what I'm saying. Everything is on that desk, so I need it because a lot of those things I might be talking about a show, and I, and I need to talk about an Android app. So I've got my Nexus Seven tucked away under there somewhere, and yeah, it's all just in hand. Well, like Radio said a number of years ago, everything in its right place. Exactly. If, if you know if you know where stuff is, then. Uh and that's the main thing. But yeah, I agree. I would look at that desk and say it was fairly chaotic. I'd also say, why have you got two drinks on the table? Um, just water and something tasty. It's, uh, that's what you need as a podcaster. Water for ref- water for refreshment and to clear the throat and something tasty just because that's how humans like to drink things. Fine. I'll take your uh, I'll take your word for it. Okay, well, let's just talk briefly before we go about some of the apps that I mentioned. So, if you don't, if you sort of can't be bothered to go and read the post, um, shame on you. No, I don't mean that. Um, I don't blame you for one second. But um, I'm going to talk about some apps uh, in general. So, we've already mentioned Byword. So, it's Byword. In one sense, is one of these. It's 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 available for the Mac, but there is also um, an iOS version for the iPad and the iPhone. And um, in one sense, it is one of these minimal writing environment style apps where all the bells and whistles kind of disappear so you're just left with um, just just a blank screen and somewhere to type and um, and that does appeal to me because I, I I am one for flitting around getting distracted I'm very I'm very flighty I am nothing but a daydreamer and so uh, having just my words in front of me actually does focus my attention so Byword is great for that there are lots of other apps that provide that kind of um, experience but I think Byword is is one of the best um, and then the other reason I've been using Byword because I've been doing a lot of short writing so the freelance work that I've been doing has been writing uh, a lot of a lot of article writing um, obviously I write blog posts um, for for the website and and Byword is good for that uh, I find and and it's good for writing for the web because it has um, it's very easy to um, to use markdown which I won't go into a huge amount of detail 
about here just because I, I'm not sure it's the right place. But basically, Markdown is how would you describe it, Mike? It's kind of a, a simplified way of writing HTML, or it's kind of a language. It's, it's kind of a language of sorts that you click a couple of buttons and it and, and it, it it becomes HTML, and then you can copy it into whichever web publishing system you have, and kablamo, everything goes onto the internet. So it's quite good for doing that. Um, and, and, and I've been using that quite a lot. So at the moment, I pretty much always turn to Byword. And I did mess around with quite a lot of other apps, like IA Writer, Write Room, and they all do a similar sort of thing, but for whatever reason, I decided to stick with Byword. Um, nothing especially to add, I don't think, to that. It's just a quite a nice-looking type of app. The thing that it gives you on iOS, uh, so on the iPad, is it, it gives you an extra row of... Um, what would you call them? Buttons, keyboard buttons, um, which uh, the, the the kind of the standard um, iPad and iPhone keyboard don't have. So, like a, a, an easy way of moving the cursor without having to put your big fat finger on the screen for a couple of seconds. Simple stuff like that. It's very handy as well. Um, and then I publish with Mars Edit. So I, I publish stuff to Write for Your Life using Mars Edit, which uh, is is fantastic. It's really really good app, it saves you having to log into WordPress or whatever blogging system you use um, and you can do it all from Mars Edit and, um, and I love it, it's got really good shortcuts I think you can even write in Markdown in there if you particularly want to, but I tend to go from Byword to, to uh, Mars Edit in, one, in sort of two separate steps um, so Mars Edit is great for publishing to the web and then it's Scrivener, which I'm actually fairly new to um, to be perfectly honest, I've not used it a huge amount um, I have I have used it for compiling um, a, a test version of Angelica. So when I was trying to put something together just to see how it formatted on Kindle before, I think I don't know if it was before I got a publisher or, or afterwards, but I just took a Word document and I, and I chopped it up and put it into Scrivener and then ran it through Scrivener's um, um, exporting service, which can create all the different formats. It can creates it creates um, a file that's ready to put your work on Kindle and EPUB and various other kind of formats too. Um, so I have used it for that and it was great, worked really well and I plan to keep all my research, everything in Scrivener. Oh, this, this isn't the place to go into a huge amount of detail and other people have written about this far better than I have. Um, but it's, it, it's great for just keeping everything in one place. Um, your writing and your, all your different chapters, character profiles... Um, research, notes, everything it's, um, it's great, so I'm going to be using that um, to write my second novel I think, and, and I'm hoping to just stick with that, so that's kind of, in terms of writing, I don't really see why I would need any other app, and this is kind of the thing where I feel like I've tried quite a few and now I just want to stop I just want to stick with those three things, because I don't really feel unless there's something that, just amazing that comes out that I can't possibly resist it feels like I just need to actually get on with the writing now, so I never can. I never sit down and think, and I don't. And the truth is, I don't anymore. I never sit down and think. Gosh, I wish I had a better writing app. I mean, what a thing to think, anyway. Mm. But um, so yes, that's that was just a brief overview of the kind of the three main apps I use to write. I mean, I do in my writing setup. I do talk about other things like how we do the podcast, for instance. Um, which some people might find useful and I think I talk also about the apps that I use to get publishing and writing related news, stuff like Reader and uh, Instapaper, so that's all there in the in the article as well but um, no point talking in detail about that here I don't think, I've probably covered it elsewhere in other podcast episodes 
Whoa, that was about six minutes of just me talking. It's your show. Well, I suppose so. Um, so, is there anything particularly that you want to add about your uh, setup, Mike, that we should really know about? Um, well, not really. I think mine's so so different to what the people on this show come for. Mm. Um, I don't really write anything, so <laughs> I write show notes in a web browser into the Squarespace window. So, hey, it's still writing. See, it is still writing, but there isn't much of it. I use Safari for that. I mean, <laughs> and then that does the job splendidly, I imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I will add finally that I'm about my, my current writing setup, which I, t- I only, I guess, touched on in the article when um, when I became unexpectedly unemployed three months ago, and. Um, We'd, we, me and Suze, we'd just come to the decision that that I was not really going to have a writing desk. I'd said to her, no, don't worry, it's a myth. We've got two babies coming along. It's uh, this writing setup idea. I don't really need one. I'll just do it at the kitchen table or on, on my you know, on my lap or something like that. And um, and then I was unexpectedly made unemployed. And um, and all of a sudden I was trying to, I was having to do freelance work. So what we did, uh, I dragged my, um, I got my granddad's old bureau, which is... Um, you know, a nice thing to write in anyway, a bit of sentimentality there. But I dragged that out of the cellar where, it, where there was no sentimentality. And, um, and it, it's, since then it's been in the corner of what was going to be, and still is, the boys' nursery. I mean, they're not really using it much at the moment. They don't really do a great deal in terms of contributing to, um, you know, the household. But, um, they were, you know, this is a nursery. I'm sat recording this podcast in a nursery that was decorated really nicely. Not really nicely. Really nicely. <laughs> really nicely as a nursery so this is not a writing setup at all i'm i'm in a baby's nursery in the and in the i'm just sat in the corner with a laptop and a microphone like a great knit and this is going to have to change because they're going to want this room back when they're in a position to fight me for it and um and and so there's, I'm two. Gonna, there's two of them they're exactly they're going to they outnumber me and um and so i'm going to have to come up with a different solution so at the moment i do have a desk i have a writing environment of sorts i have this i have this bureau in the corner of an actual room but um i i suspect in the coming weeks i'm going to be ousted and i'm going to have to find somewhere else to write and it, it probably will be at the kitchen table because we don't have in this house we don't have um another room to do it i think you should kick start to get a what did you call it a shoffice a shoffice yeah you should kick yeah, it's a good idea, but we don't actually have a garden either, unfortunately. Right, so we need to first kickstart to get you a garden. Well, a new a new house, I think, would probably solve house? no problems. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people will go in for that. Yeah. See any potential problem there? Kickstarter is now in the UK. I mean, that's something that's changed since the last time we spoke on the on the show. Is it? Yeah. Well? Yeah, no, that's true. And I've we, we've had conversations. I have been thinking about using Kickstarter for something, but I just can't. I can't quite can't quite decide where to put my time this year or I couldn't quite decide where to put my time but I'm fairly certain that it should be pretty much entirely on writing a second novel so I'm not sure, I'm I'm still not sure what to do about Kickstarter I don't want to start a Kickstarter campaign for the sake of starting a Kickstarter campaign Right Um, It needs to be something that I actually want to do and um, and would be useful for people So maybe later on in the year All right, well, um, I'm spent. Is that it? Did the show just end there? That was it. <laughs> That's the end of the show. No, I've done. I've got nothing else to add. I feel like we've uh, more than covered writing setups. Everyone can go and check out the first in my 
new series of writing setups. It's my own writing setup, as I say, and you can go and see that on Write for Your, uh, Write for Your Life, which is ianbroom.com. You can get there both ways, it's fine. And, um, and there'll be a link in the show notes to this podcast episode too. Where the hell can people find you on online, Mike? Has it changed? Uh, it has not changed. Um, obviously, this, this show is part of the 70 Decibels podcast network, and you can find many shows um, equal, with equal excellence as this one at uh, 70com I am on all of the social networks that you would care to find me at iMike, which is I-M-Y-K-E. You are Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. That's true, and that's how you can find me on Twitter, or you can go to the blog of the podcast, uh, which is at ianbroom.com. You can find it there. And um, and that's it. Thanks for rejoining us, Mike. It's uh, always a pleasure to speak to you. Never a chore, Ian, never a chore.